Welcome to IB Talk, the leading podcast for the insurance industry across the UK and Ireland, brought to you by Insurance Business. Hello and welcome to IB Talk, the insurance industry podcast brought to you by Insurance Business. My name is Mia Was, Senior News Editor at Insurance Business UK, and today I am delighted to welcome Carl Schuker. CEO of Howden's UK and Ireland business to our podcast. Many thanks for joining me here today, Carl. Well, thank you very much, Mia, and thank you for inviting me. It's absolutely my pleasure. And I, I do find that discussions about routes into insurance are always interesting because you get to hear such a variety of verbs used to describe how you made your way into the market from fell to tumbled to nudged. But what did yeah. your route look like? Well, I... I, I... Very similar to many other people, really. I, I kind of fell into the industry. So um, I I did my A-levels. I didn't do terribly well at them. So I went to the local tech college. I think that lasted about two weeks. So my father said, you better get a job if you're not going to carry on with your education. So I, I joined the company. I joined A-Plan uh, back in 1981. Um, and I've done I've done everything within the business. So from opening we'll start in fact to start off with i was in charge of the continuation covenant diary not a lot of people know what a covenant is these days i guess uh, as a plan in oxford but i joined the business when we had about 11 branches um and about 100 people um but i've done i say one employer i've probably done about 10 different jobs within the business so i've, I've done everything from looking after clients which i loved uh, from opening a branch in worcester um again something I, I really enjoyed i didn't know much about it about management but i i learned as i went along um then i started looking after other branches i got involved in troubleshooting um on my way i did my acii exams i think that was to to lance the academic boil i think that uh that i hadn't achieved what i wanted to at school um and i also did an mba on the way as well at henley management college which kind of codified a lot of things that i'd i'd been learning but you know, I've I've been involved in the opening branches. I was involved in um, some acquisitions that we made. Um, I got us going on our tech journey um, as we computerized the business. Um, then in 2000, I became the deputy CEO of the company. And then in 2008, I was very lucky and privileged to lead a management buyout of the business. So from the two founding shareholders. Um, we then did a secondary buyout with HG Capital in 2004. Uh, you know, so yeah, about 2015, and now here we are as very happy members of the of the Howden family. So yeah, 40 years within the business, 40 years in the industry, 10 different jobs. Loved every moment of it. That is absolutely amazing. And what I love about your story is that you are living proof that you can do it all, but you don't have to do it all one way. Yeah. No, and and. and I think the great thing is, you know, I, I, I've worked in a business that's a great meritocracy. So, you know, if you work hard and get on um, and you put the effort in, you, you, you know, you get the rewards. And, and that's the same for, you know, our managers. And I think it's reflective of the industry in many ways. Um, it is still a great meritocracy. And I think it's a wonderful industry because there are so many different types of opportunities out there to go for. So I'm glad I fell into it like a lot of people. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say, actually, it sounds like it was an exceptional route that you had. But if you weren't in insurance, what do you think you'd be doing? You know, I, that, I thought about that question. It's it's a really hard one. Um, 
I don't know if there's anything else I would be doing because I love what I do. And I just love the fact that there's such a breadth of opportunity within our industry, you know, from broking, from underwriting. So I, I suppose I'd always wanted to be a doctor, but I wasn't bright enough. So, but I always wanted to do something that involved people. Um, and this was the perfect industry. And I found my, my natural home very quickly. That's really good to hear. I often think the best advertisement of career in insurance is the people who love their career in insurance. Yeah, yeah no, I've, I've no regrets. There's nothing I look back on and wish I'd done differently. So, uh, no, brilliant industry. It certainly is. And considering that you've spent 40 years within the profession, when you look back over it, what's something that's changed about the insurance profession since you first joined? Well, first of all, you don't have continuation cover notes anymore, <laughs> as I mentioned earlier. I mean, everything has changed, really. And and I think there's been a, a really, it's, there's been no revolution, but there's been kind of fast-paced evolution. So we've seen an industry that wasn't regulated, that's become regulated. We've seen the impact of tech and data, you know, within our industry that kind of underpins everything that we do. Um, but, you know, there, there is still there's still huge demand for the human input in what we do. So, so I would say lots have changed. And as a business, we've changed massively. So, you know, we, we, we've gone from, you know, we, we're now at 110 branches within the A-plan part of the business, um, which is where I grew up. Um, and, you know, tech, data and everything else has made that part of the business a really efficient and a very different part of the business in terms of, you know, delivery to clients and to insurers and so on. Certainly does sound like it's all changed, but reflects yeah. on it. I mean, is there any part that you think still remains pretty much the same as when you first came into the profession? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, I, I, I think what has been the one constant has been the importance of people. Um, so you know the importance of people, kind of owning and driving the client experience, um, and you know that's where real value is. Um, you know, if you look after your clients, um, you'll you, you'll create longevity in your business. You'll create sustainability, and you know the the, the, the needs are forever changing. So you have to think about digital and data delivery, well, digital delivery in particular. You know, delivering to them where it counts. But but I think people, when it comes to client relationships, people, when it comes to insurer relationships, and I think the the other thing that underpins all of that is is kind of trust. That is still a critically important part of, um, well, it's a fundamental part of, you know, what we offer in an insurance policy. So I think a lot of things around the edge have changed, but the fundamentals remain very much the same. Absolutely. And it's interesting you mentioned trust, because I know from our conversations in the past, how critical it has always been that you build and maintain a business with a strong culture. But from your perspective, what does it actually take to do that? I think you have to have, it takes time, that's the first thing, and, and it starts with people, um, bringing in the right people who share the same values, um, and then as a senior leadership team and, you know, leadership throughout the business kind of leads the way on all of this. So, you know, for us, it's about putting, it is about putting the client at the heart of everything we do, because actually if you, if you build a business around doing the right things for the clients, you attract people who want to do that. Um, and it kind of then self-perpetuates. And then I think around that, you have to recognise success. You know, when we are doing that really well, make sure you reinforce those great behaviours within the business 
so that people understand what it is they're doing really well, so that they can then build on what they're doing really well and then look for opportunities to do what they're doing, you know, really well. And I think putting the client at the heart of everything is, is, is well, you know, the regulator talks about that, but, you know, I think all good businesses have always done that. They don't necessarily need a regulator to do that. Um, but it's a great code to live by. So, you know, you can go home at night, you know, hand on heart and think I've done the very best for my client and I'm supported by my employer to do the very best for my client. So, you know, whilst it might not necessarily be God's work, you know, you're doing the very best that you possibly can. Um, and it, it's a great code to live by. Absolutely agree with that. I think it's a very healthy approach to doing business, frankly. Yeah. But I think when it comes to conversations around culture, something that always interests me is whether or not a great culture can be retrofitted after a business is built, or does it have to be embedded in the organic DNA of a business? Again, that, 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 that's, that's, a, that's a difficult question. I, I think it's difficult to retrofit because you, you've got to have the right people. So when you bring businesses together, you start with culture. Um, and if you're aligned, then there's a big opportunity to make a success out of, you know, what you're then putting together. Um, but as I say, I think most people want to do the right things. So you create an environment where they can, kind of where it's recognised. Um, and, you know, if you look at what do people want from either their employer or their working environment, I think it is recognition. It's recognition for doing the right thing. It's many other things, but a lot of organisations, I think, forget to recognise um, the right behaviours. So we, within our business, if we get any client feedback, you know, it's fed back to the individual who's earned the feedback from the client, and we create the time to do it because it's we know it's really important for the person who's been like thanked by a client to be thanked by us as a business too, um, and. You know, we, we, it's something that we do on a, well, we do it every single time we get the great feedback from our clients. And, and you know, we look at things like net promoter score. How do we improve our net promoter score? We look at trust pilot scores um, and we look at all client feedback. So even if we get negative feedback, it's what can we learn from it as a business? And then I think as a colleague within the business, it, it, it's, it's kind of OK to fail if you come from the right place you know so so if you really care and you care passionately you make a mistake you, you know we're not going to we're not going to haul you out to dry for that we'll understand what went wrong and what we can do to prevent it but if you know if somebody makes an honest mistake and they're, they're, they're working really really hard you know they're, they're going to feel bad enough about it anyway so it's, it, there's no place for us to give them a you know a hard time on it but it's what do we learn how do we move on so it's a safe environment to to try and do the right things for the client, it's, it's really important. Absolutely. And given your personal and professional focus on, on having a great culture, how critical was having an aligned ethos and stance in the success of the Howden A-Plan deal? Well, it was really fundamental. In fact, when I met David for the first time, I went to see him not because we were contemplating you know, selling the business to Howden, it was because um, we had got private equity investors in our business and I wanted to talk to him about his experience about dealing with longer term investors rather than typical private equity investors who have a three to five year cycle. 
We'd had a fantastic journey with our previous investors. We were getting very big um, and we wanted to sort of like take the focus away from managing investors to managing the business and the growth of the business. So what was it like, David, to deal with longer term investors? And then as we talked about each other's businesses, how we'd gone from two shareholders to 40 to 180. And I wanted at least 350 shareholders this time around. David was saying, well, that's exactly our journey. And, and when we talked about the importance of clients and the, the, the central value of the client proposition and doing the right thing, David was saying, that's exactly what we're about. And when we talked about our people and our passion for our people within the business and the importance of getting it right for insurance companies, all of a sudden, if you like, the building bricks of culture were there. And then David said, well, look, there's no longer term investor than, than us. Why don't we have a conversation? So it started with culture. It would never have started had the cultures not been aligned. And, you know, I, I, you know we've, we've landed the business in a, in a home that we're just delighted to be part of. So, uh, yeah, absolutely critical culture. That's wonderful. It certainly sounds like those were some meeting of minds conversations going yeah, on. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I went to where David lives. And he doesn't live far from me and so on. He, you know, he, he lives in a, a fabulous place. And I was thinking, well, if nothing else, I'll get some bra bragging rights. I had a cup of coffee with David Howden. In the end, we came out and I had to go back to the team and say, you know how we said we'd never do a trade sale? Well, I've met somebody who's really, really interesting. And it didn't take long to convince the team. And everything that we thought it would be has turned out to be so um, no regrets absolutely yeah. and outside of that uh, extremely influential coffee meeting what yeah. have been some standout moments in the integration process of your businesses and the forming of a uk broken powerhouse so this is about bringing together three great businesses so we're bringing together a plan we're bringing together aston lark and we're bringing together hounds uk uh, specialty businesses and Hounds employee benefits business. So, so I, I think the first moment for me in many ways is we're very early days on that journey, but was kind of the the strong affirmation that we got from the Howden Group Holdings Board that you know they bought into our plan, they supported it, and they really backed it, and they were enthusiastically backed it. So that was a big tick in the box in in in, in many ways. Um, and then I think the other part was, you know, we've done some early cultural work with culture, cultural consultants. And what they've said is that they've never come across such a strong alignment of the senior leadership teams in terms of what we're bringing together. They normally see conflict and areas to worry about. So what they're saying is we're all very focused on it. We can see that everybody can see the opportunity um, and everybody's really infused about what it brings. We all use slightly different language which is quite natural, but the start point is is, is, is really strong. And then I think just the other thing is the collaboration we're already seeing. So pre-integration, we're already seeing parts of the businesses talking together, working together, um, finding solutions for clients, which is what this is all about before we've even started. So, you know, I've got a colleague who can help with that and passing it over. So I know that once we really get going at this in, in earnest, there'll be a huge amount of opportunity to, if like, provide better services and more services to existing clients um, in, in a very appropriate way. You know, and there will be challenges on the way. Inevitably, there'll be challenges on the way. But I think, you know, the story is really about growth and opportunity. And as I say, there's a huge energy to deliver on this. So I think, uh, um, you know, lots to do. 
but we're really positive and you know very very positive that we'll get there That's the stars nice. are aligned very aligned <laughs> it certainly sounds like you're in the early days of a really really exciting journey yeah. for, for the yeah. markets and for your internal colleagues as well yes yeah. yes no very much so very much so thank you so much for such a lovely conversation actually and for sharing yeah. your journey into insurance with me today i've really appreciated it my my pleasure mia thank you very much for for inviting me on It's entirely my pleasure and and thank you also to everybody for tuning in and I look forward to welcoming you next time here on IB Talk. Thank you for listening to IB Talk. For the latest episodes, be sure to follow us on SoundCloud, Stitcher and Apple Podcasts.